Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's going on, everybody? Pat DeBerry here, and we are back again. It is Microsode time. You guys get a second Microsode in the month of July. This is how this calendar worked out. And we had to make sure that our roundup was our 300th episode. So, surprise, back-to-back Microsodes in your feed this week and in two weeks, you get another micro. Look at us go. All this content in your ears. I'm being joined by all the boys on the West Coast in the wee hours of the morning. I mean, not really wee hours, but for us, sometimes getting up that early is tough. It was for me this morning. We've got Brian over on the West Coast. Hola. And then, I mean, in the middle of their day on the East Coast, we have Eric. Howdy. And BJ. What's up? Is that? I love the fact that Jane barked like right when I introduced Eric, as if uh, Jane was responding. <laughs> oh no, no, that's my roommate. So I have a new microphone for those of you listening, um, and that is my roommate's dog all the way downstairs in the laundry room, upset that his dad is currently uh, outside doing something without him. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I didn't think Jane barked like that. No, but... she's she's asleep right now in the corner of the room. Uh, so, so with the new microphone, you might actually—I might actually have to kick her awake a couple times because she, she does snore. So, <laughs> well, the audience, I'm sure, will appreciate the new crisp quality of your microphone, and uh, maybe we'll see if we uh, can work with you on tweaking it to get less of the downstairs noise in the recordings. <laughs> They'll get to hear more of my lovely voice. Hi, everybody. <laughs> It's just more ambiance you're bringing to the to the recording. So, I mean, who could be upset with that? I mean, probably some people out there, but whatever. The, the person uh, editing the podcast? <laughs> I mean, unless it absolutely disrupts the recording, it's not a problem to me. <laughs> and nobody's chewing. I know that that can sometimes be a uh, a thing that listeners will be very upset about on a podcast i swear i i thought that alaska was just going to start eating chips on every episode <laughs> after that, that letter came in oh my god 
Yeah, I love dude. that they. Uh, that's, so since we always talk about race chasers, I love that they celebrated Horse Day. Uh, it was it National, International, whatever Horse Day, and people were sending Alaska everything, and she was living for it. I was like, oh my god, that's great. I mean, between she's got the she's got the market on horses and snakes. I mean, I think she shares the snakes with Taylor Swift, but uh, I, I love that she just embraces it. I mean, you have to. That's just you know. Mm-hmm. If you don't and you let it get to you, it's just going to destroy you. So good on her for that. But of course, there is a race chaser reference on our podcast. No matter what we're talking about, it's how we do. But we are not here to talk drag race. That'll be a, another episode that is before this and most most likely. Oh, yeah, no, definitely after it. We got two episodes left. Such a good season. I don't want it to ever end, but <laughs> it will, sadly. Although, I, it'll be nice to not have to record an episode every week. <laughs> but we are here to talk Ms. Marvel, the Disney Plus television show that just wrapped up its first question mark? Only question mark? Season? Series? I'm not 100% oh, sure. They'll bring it back. They'll bring it back. They well, they've like been- it. They've been playing it fast and loose with a lot of like, because because uh, I know Obi Wan, what is supposed to be a limited time, it was supposed to be a limited thing, and it looks like it is. But then, um, what was the last? I think it was Moon Knight. Moon Knight was supposed to be a one time thing, but then they were changing what it what the last episode was being billed as. Originally, it was a series finale, and then it was a season finale, and. And even Oscar Isaac's like, I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, that was the big uh, kind of hub, hubbub on Twitter and social media was they scrubbed all of the original posts that said watch the series finale on Wednesday, and then replaced it with watch the season finale on Wednesday, which sent the internet into a spiral. Going, wait, are we getting more Moon Knight? I think, and I mean, we'll get obviously into the show itself, but I think this is one that could benefit from having more seasons of a show because, I mean, honestly, she is more of a street level, you know, yeah, character in in the day to day type of stuff. So I would love to see more stories with with her and her friends and and those street level adventures rather than waiting every couple of years for another movie to follow some sort of storyline. But we're jumping the gun here. Uh, Ms. Marvel, it's an American television miniseries, according to Wikipedia, created by Bisha K. Ali for the streaming service Disney+, Plus, based on the Marvel comics featuring the character Kamala Khan slash Ms. Marvel. It is the seventh television series. God damn, we're already at seven, seven shows <laughs> in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Produced by Marvel Studios, sharing continuity with the films of the franchise. It follows Kamala Khan, a 16-year-old fangirl of the Avengers, who struggles to fit in until she gains her own powers. Ali served as head writer with Adil and Balil leading the directing team. So, as has become customary for our, our deep dives... Let's dive into a little bit of what we enjoyed taking away from the series, and then we'll spin it around to the things that we maybe thought could have been better or improved, 
And then we'll uh, finish off with some wild conjecture because this does lead into a film property that will be coming in uh, 2023. So, Eric, I'm going to throw it over to you to start the discussion. What uh, were some of your positive takeaways from Ms. Marvel? Um, the bright and cheery nature of the show, um, especially the first two episodes right off the bat, hooked me. It reminded me a bit of Scott Pilgrim in the way they especially were shooting um, the text conversations, which can be increasingly difficult to um, portray on film or TV because it's such a bigger part of our lives versus telephone conversations is text conversations. Um, And how do you portray that to the audience? What's going on in real time? And I thought they did a great job with um, having that show up in like, thought bubbles on walls and neon signs. Um, That was just kind of ingenious. Um, Also the shot of when her and shoot, what's her friend's name? (laughs) Brian. Nakia. (laughs) Nakia. No, the boy. Bruno. Bruno. Um, We don't talk about him. When they're talking about, um, uh, getting her costume ready for adventure um, adventure con and they're just throwing out extra ideas to make it more special. And the illustrations of what they're talking about are popping up on the wall and graffiti behind them. Um, That kind of stuff was just so interesting to see um, them do that. It reminded me again of Scott Pilgrim. It reminded me um, a bit of into the spider verse. Yeah. Um, And so that was cool. Um, I loved her family dynamic. Her mom and dad were just great throughout the entire season. Um, yeah. And so those are some of the things. Her I was dad thinking. was an absolute treasure. Absolutely. When he like barged into the room in the Hulk uh <laughs> tunic and costume that her mom made first of all her mom needs to start making outfits for drag queens because <laughs> she turned that shit out quickly yeah i've never i've never seen uh, an outfit come together so fast it was incredible but he was just an absolute treasure and a delight and it was so weird to see the complexities of the this show in particular and seeing her interactions and her relationship with her mom and then seeing with generational trauma like really we're coming mm-hmm. right back to uh encanto with you know the generational trauma and how how it affects you and how without realizing it you pass it along to your children and finding a way to stop that and and break the cycle so to see her dynamics with her parents throughout the the series it, it definitely was a uh, a great storyline to carry through from beginning to end for sure that, that actor who played her father uh mohan kapoor this is actually not his first marvel property which is interesting but the movies and tv and whatever he's done about with marvel He's done as a voice actor. He's actually a very well-known South Asian actor who does hosting for South Asian television and other things, but also does voiceover work. And so he dubbed, oh my God, this is so great. He dubbed uh, Sebastian Shaw 
in uh, X-Men First Class in Hindi. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And he's done other stuff too. So, so anyway, I thought that was really interesting. But he was such a treat, like just so so relatable, so energetic. I The cast across the board for this show, uh, maybe with a couple exceptions, was just stellar. And I really, uh, I love that they hired a lot of people for these roles that were, uh, you know, actually of the ethnicity that the roles were supposed to be so that that's really important and 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 not a surprise nowadays but certainly good that that is not reverting back to previous eras let's say but this a a relief yeah well and and you really can't (laughs) with this story because it's so intrinsically uh pakistani and and muslim and i'm from that you know region it's like you if you didn't do it that way uh i think that'd be egregious but in a bygone era that could have happened i was gonna say that like 20 30 years ago right. it would have been all white people telling the story <laughs> oh, absolutely <laughs> yeah yeah no but you're you're absolutely right to see a a story about pakistani people being portrayed by the actual people that our descendants are are part of this history was fantastic and i'll just say before before we throw it over for our next uh kind of highlights i i am sad but so happy that there are things that the younger generation is now being exposed to that aren't necessarily taught or taught the right way in Mm -hmm. like especially in america like i'm not going to speak for the rest of the world i they probably have a better history uh curriculum in their schools but you look back at Watchmen teaching a whole generation that never knew about the the Tulsa massacre about that piece of that dark part of our history that does not get taught in schools. And then to see a show that went into so much detail and talked about the partition and how that disrupted so many lives, how damaging it was. It was incredible to kind of have that history lesson baked into not preachy not hey here's this whole you know thing that we're going to be teaching you but to weave it into the story and kamala's ancestry and how all of that tied together i thought that was fantastic yeah uh bj what are what are some highlights from you on ms marvel um so i have been uh, the world building for this show as opposed to the rest of the all the Marvel series and movies and everything, because now that we're we're kind of we're definitely waist deep in Marvel TV shows. Um, I want to say this show and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, have both done a really good job of kind of developing more of the Marvel world. We're we're po- we're, we're post in game. We're post blip, um, and. Whereas Captain America and the Winter Soldier gave us a more world view of how everything is going in the world, Miss Marvel gave us more of a like, like a, a everyday, like they're like most of the cast is teenagers, just trying to navigate their lives. You've got Bruno, who's incredibly talented. Um, you've got Kamala, who is talented in different ways, but she's just she's she's got her heads ahead in the clouds. She's but she's a standard teenager. Um, and I absolutely love how, I mean, they brushed, they, they brushed off some deep cuts for this show, the clandestine, 
I I had to go to Wikipedia for that one. And I when I was like, oh, okay. And then the the callback to Shang-Chi and uh uh and the Ten Rings and how the Ten Rings were like we're still not sure where those came from, the bangle uh that Kamala's family passed down that the clandestine were after. Um, it, it did a really good job of setting that up, but it also did a excellent job. And I've been preaching this since, um, since WandaVision, uh, the whole anti-superhuman sentiment kind of swirling, start like starting to bubble to the surface, especially when you have people that already have extreme amounts of bias, like that one agent, I'm not, I don't even remember her name. She's, she's a bitch. Um, <laughs> Uh, but but the same thing you had the I like how they had the uh, the Department of Damage Control, um, which we saw that we had a couple of background characters from Spider Man No Way Home uh, that one agent, but I love how they showed there were multiple chances at every corner for law enforcement, for fellow agents, for everybody to put her in her place and get her to stand down, and they didn't do it till. It was a uh, it was a press snafu till it was like she was storming a freaking high school, you know, in a in a predominantly um, Pakistani and Muslim neighborhood in New York City. Like, you know, it's it's or New Jersey, but like close enough. But uh, but yeah, it was um, it, they did a really good job of just kind of showing how things can go off the rails and. Uh, I, I just, I really like that. I really, I absolutely really like how they didn't shy away from that thing. Same with uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They didn't shy away from certain bias uh, and racism and stuff popping up. And I love the fact that when Kamala went home, like she went to, to Pakistan um, and was with some of her family members, you know, some of her family members were kind of like, I can't remember what her cousin called her, but it was like confused Desi in Pakistan. I think it was called, it was like panic or something. Um, but, uh, but yeah, they, they showed just kind of how fish out of water she is kind of no matter where she is. Um, and I, that's Kamala all the way. Kamala is a very, I, uh, it was one of the comics, uh, I think it was champions champions, uh, Viv, Viv vision looks at Kamala and says, um, you should be a captain America. And she's just like, She's like, uh, there's already a Captain America. And she's like, there's also already a Captain Marvel. But, you know, you, you fit you fit that bill. And I think by the end of the series, or at least by the end of this this season, um, she fit she fit the bill of Miss Marvel so well. Um, she was such a delight too. For for somebody that was casted on the internet, uh, she fit the character to a T and, and that one scene where she's sitting on a lamppost looking out over New Jersey or looking out at the Bay, like that right there was like right off of one of the comics. So um, I'm super, super, super excited. I was nervous about how they were going to deal with her powers and everything. And then I think I'll, I'll wait for us to get to wild conjecture um, before I, I talk about that, her powers. But uh, I definitely, I, I got the word, I got the word in Biggin. That's all I wanted. That's all I wanted. And I got it. And when she whispered it to herself, I screamed and I got her awkward growth. It, it looks like they, they, it felt like by the end of the show, they had shied more away a little bit from the like more pretty magical girl aspects of her power. Cause when they had her body actually grow, 
it felt I was like I am I am absolutely watching Miss Marvel come to life. This is this is this completes this completes the 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 circle for me. Uh, so I got everything I wanted really in the show. Um, and then uh, to par- to parallel y'all, the, her family. I absolutely love her family. Amir, um, her she's got a sister in law, uh, Taisha. I I like I love how how tight they are and how close knit they are. Um, so, and I grew up uh, with a friend of mine who was from like a very traditional Pakistani family. So, uh, just seeing like her having to ask her brother to ask her parents to do something was very, was very much the norm for a friend of mine, what she had to do when she was in like junior high with me all the time of her having to get her brother to ask her parents for permission to do stuff. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, it was an absolute delight and I actually would be very excited after the Marvels because they did say after this show the next time we'll see her is the Marvels um, I would love 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 to see all of her family and friends again in another season yeah I agree and when I heard in big in that was the point where I was like oh, okay now it feels like Ms. Marvel that was there were, were two things that were said in that final episode that that really just got me and that was the first one and uh, the VFX budget may have been not as as high as it needed to be, which is why they shied away from the embiggened Ms. Marvel and a lot of the powers, you know. But again, it's essentially a six-episode television show. The budget's not going to be the same as it would be for a, a movie that they're going to expect to make, you know, a billion dollars on. So for them to show what they did and, and, and portray her the way that they did, it... It, I may not have absolutely loved the transition of the powers to this type of power or this type of presentation, but even just getting that little bit, getting the embiggen, like it, it, it definitely was a a thing that sparked joy in me in this finale. Brian, what were some uh, positive highlights for you from Ms. Marvel? So, I mean, for, for first, well, first and foremost, I think the inclusion of a uh, Muslim American, a Pakistani, uh, you know, from her family from Pakistan, a uh, superhero show um, that, that kept that spirit and truth uh, was so important and um, entertaining. Uh, you know, it's important, but I, do, I don't want to undersell how entertaining it was. But <clears throat> I really... I just I'm so happy, like uh, Pat, you were saying that this story is there and that it digs into history that the U.S. educational system, at least from our experiences, and I don't think anyone on here, you know, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but like had learned about partition in that way, in any real you know, way uh, in our history classes. The only other time I can think of in pop culture that I've encountered partition was Doctor Who. Uh I think it was the second season of the the, the newest, well, the current Doctor. Uh, they go to India during the partition and, and have like a you know an episode about that. But yeah, you're um, right. This this topic is so huge and critical, and is is usually I think probably lost because it falls into all of the world 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 War Two Empire colonization fallout. Um, that just there's so much that happens at the end of World War II that I can sort of see why it gets kind of shuffled shuffled away. But you know, 
I could see, a, I mean, I know a previous version of myself had no idea of the interrelation of Pakistan and India in that way, that families were just not forcibly, but basically forcibly kicked out of India, forced to leave their homes for generations and all their family and well, family maybe, but friends and other people like that, 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 like that hard line that, that the uh, British empire started, I guess, in some ways uh, and perpetuated. And then that, you know, forcing all of them up into that, that region is just, oh, it's such a crazy, we were, I was talking about this last night and it's like, would you imagine now if like, and this, this probably would never happen, uh, like all the Jews or all the Christians were basically said, all right, you know what? We'll, we'll focus on the Christians. Uh, Jews have had enough going on with them, right? Uh, the Christians, all you Christians, you get Texas and you get Texas. Now you gotta, you gotta move. You got to you got to go down to Texas and that's your that's that's Christian stand. And uh, and that's like that's partition, basically, you know, uh, admittedly, I don't think the rest of society would be like burning down their houses and, and you know, running them out of town on a rail. But uh, yeah, anyway, so it's just it's such a crazy thing to imagine. So I love that they focused on that. I love the music. Um, I was looking up some of the soundtracks because I actually want to start listening to them in my rotation. Oh, yeah, and the music is absolutely gorgeous um, in the show. Laura Carpman, who I'm not familiar with, but I guess she had previously uh, composed for What If. Also, can I just say the the number of women composers that I have seen on projects in the last 10 years has grown exponentially, and that makes me so happy. Um, uh, what's her name? Natalie Hoyt. Is it Natalie Hoyt or Natalie? I think it's Natalie Hoyt. Anyway, who did uh, Miss uh, Loki, uh, also another phenomenal uh, talent and there's been, there's been many over the years, but like not as many, as least that I've been tracking. Uh, very good stuff. A lot of South Asian music, which, you know, it's funny because it's not something that's in my heavy rotation typically, but like when like Bend It Like Beckham or some other uh, pop culture thing kind of rises through the noise and I, I get back into that world. Like I love, I love Indian Bollywood music. I love South Asian Gamelan, there's so much. I, I was not we're not talking about Drag Race, but there was a thing last night that Raja did in Drag Race that was so uh, just it, right up uh, my alley yeah. with the the Bali stuff. So I I I stand as the kids say, I stand for that stuff. Um, but back to the whole like you know Miss Marvel adaptation, I think it had some issues. I think we'll get into maybe some of that, but overall as an origin for her, that is true in most ways and in some ways that you know there's one thing we'll talk about that's even more true to her actual like roots than the comics even did uh and i don't mean ethnic roots uh is really awesome and just to get it so right um i love the scott pilgrim stuff at the beginning thankfully that did not track through the whole series i think that would have been a lot and probably too much i love seeing karachi i've never in my life said i want to go to pakistan and i want to go to karachi but you know, now I'm you know I don't know I I consider it. It's definitely a beautiful looking city, and I meant to look up how much they actually filmed on location. I I, I assume they filmed some. I mean, obviously some of that's very much sets, but um, you know I, I I hope that at least some stuff was filmed there. <laughs> um, it, it just it's just cool to see something that you know again we in the U.S. just do not get a lot of uh, in normal pop culture. You know. 
Um, and I love the, the the damage control stuff is interesting. It's deep cut in Marvel a little bit because we don't see a lot of damage control stuff these days. But you know what's funny, and I did not know this until just recently, damage control was actually created, co-created by Dwayne McDuffie, who created Static Shot, uh, Shock, sorry, and a lot of some of the other uh, Milestone characters. So I love that Dwayne McDuffie's uh, a black Marvel and DC comics writer, that his legacy is alive in this series as well as of course g willow wilson and her other co-creators for miss marvel uh and i'm really happy i read that they were consulted on some of the changes of course you know seeing her yell and biggin and start to use that power that way was delightful and every little comics miss marvel fan squeed i'm sure uh in their pants or whatever but like you know overall i just it it's probably been one of the best most true in spirit if not in like the letter of the law of the letter of the comic to this to a character in in all of the marvel stuff that i've seen um and i i know they're going to do another series i think we're going to get the movie first maybe the 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 marvel's movie but i i would be shocked and amazed given the reception uh that this show got that they wouldn't do another series at some point so i yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And the cast. Yeah, there's so much to talk about with this thing, but I, we'll, we'll stop there. and We'll talk more about the cast, I'm sure, but just delightful, the whole thing. So one of the things that I loved kind of piggybacking off of uh, your your comments about Karachi and, and Pakistan was the inclusion of Urdu and Hindi and yes. the fact that... The one thing that I thought was weird, though, as much as I love the fact that like we're letting these characters speak in their their language their native language we're not um kind of circling around that 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 doesn't exist in life was the fact that the hindi would get subtitled but the urdu wouldn't if you were watching in subtitles or anything even on the screen i i've started i i know subtitles are awesome for a lot of people i tend to get wrapped up in them so i usually don't watch a lot of television with subtitles but I'm finding that it it's helping a bit, especially with some of the Marvel shows, because they like to have a lot of soft dialogue. And when I'm watching, when they were speaking in Urdu, they kind of went away from any type of translation for it, where like the subtitles would just say, you know, speaking in Urdu. But then when they went to Pakistan and her family was speaking um, in Hindi, that all got translated. So it was very odd to see like how the production team was working with the languages. Um, but I love the inclusion of it. I loved the fact that the opening credits always morphed around kind of what was going on. Uh, the fact that there was uh, Pakistani influence credits, there was Urdu, there was Hindi, um, especially in those episodes that were really like focused when they were, when, back in Pakistan. Um, Najma and the clandestine that was interesting with the veil and the noor and the gin, uh, not Antonic, uh, that 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 joke that Bruno made uh, early on, <laughs> but it was a very interesting take. A lot of what phase four has been doing, especially in the the more recent. Uh, television shows and it's kind of spilled over a bit into the movies the more recent movies there's a lot of play on faith and the afterlife and the the different planes that essentially death the 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 forms that death takes the different 
uh, planes, the ancestral plane, uh, the Duat that we saw in Moon Knight. Um, yeah, Valhalla, Valhalla. or mm-hmm. yeah, for the Asgardians. I don't want to. I don't know how many people have seen. I know that a few, few people on this uh, call have not seen Love and Thunder, and Valhalla plays a a, a part in that. Uh, but I won't speak more on on it. But it's come up a bunch of times, obviously, throughout the Thor movies and and in the comics as well. So we're seeing a lot of the afterlife and faith based uh, characters. And this transition of gods from gods to aliens, essentially otherworldly creatures that have been deified by humans over the course of thousands of years, where phase four is really taking that deification and and undeifying them, <laughs> giving us a little bit more of a a humanized version of these. Uh, ethereal creatures or beings that that guide our faith on Earth or Midgard. And it's interesting to see the the veil, you know, piercing the veil, the the Jin's home world kind of not necessarily being that type of afterworld, but a similar type of alternate plane that's existing almost incursion style with our our reality and our realm and that if it did open it essentially would swallow our our reality and we'd all die yeah it's so, they, they mentioned i was gonna say that's that's it's a similar thing to what they did in shang chi with um uh shang chi's mothers they're they're like existing in like a pocket dimension that can be mm-hmm. accessed, but it's guarded. Like so, it's like um, uh, was it the Red Daggers? He put up that map that showed mm-hmm. like alternate planes of existence. Yeah, of overlap. Yeah. So it's not like a different universe, but it's like it's like a it's like they they're showing that there's different like pocket dimensions and areas within Earth. And I that was part of the world building thing that I like too. That that there's yeah. there's areas that you probably shouldn't go to or like break through to. And then there's areas that are closely guarded. So yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying yeah. there. Absolutely, because yeah, like when when Wu was trying to release the spirit of uh, of his dead wife, that was being tricked into opening essentially the same thing, opening this realm that would take over yeah Earth or you know our reality essentially. So it was it was very interesting to see how that went. Uh, Kamran and his journey that was an interesting parallel it the the little scene that they did where it was that very kind of neon lights uh dream sequence that that kamala was having when when she was you know like you know falling for the boy that was adorable <laughs> one of the things that i i really i mean at first i didn't hear it I heard the first part, but I did not hear the musical sting that accompanied it until afterwards when uh, Joel, friend of the pod, uh, who's been on on the show a couple of times, messaged me because I tweeted out about, you know, a a spoiler free kind of excitement after watching the finale. And he said, did you hear the musical sting? And I said, no, I did not. (laughs) But one of the things that they have introduced with this series are mutants. In the not a the last scene before the credits, not the post like the post credit scene, but uh, 
Nakia and Bruno and Kamala are are hanging around because Kamran left his car. So Bruno is joyriding in that. But he lets Kamala know that he went back and looked at her the the readings that he had done after she had first unlocked her, her powers with the bangle. And he said that well, and partially because her brother wanted to see if he had powers as well. But he did a, another take of the scan, and it shows that it's not the bangle, but that there's a mutation. And then when that word was said, they did the X-Men 97 sting that they did for Professor X in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Again, queuing into the X-Men, this X-Men 97 cartoon that's going to be coming next year, all of these plans to introduce mutants into the MCU. So we're, we're building that world. We're figuring out what is going on that's creating this or causing this and how this is going to introduce mutants into a world that's existed now for many years um, that, and we haven't had them around. Did you know? Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say the only thing that makes me sad about them rewriting and uh and having some inhuman erasure at this point is that you know what which inhuman kamala hangs out with like the most right <laughs> i'm sad about that yeah. because i want lockjaw back in the mcu <laughs> they could have done it with doctor strange and then they didn't i know missed if, if, so, if, oh so bad like should have teleported in with lockjaw and then teleported out and I, fucking live Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But I love the fact that ever since they started, the all of the shows and everything that they've talked about doing is everybody has been salivating for mutants. Every every time somebody sneezes or farts in a show, like when they when they introduce Madripoor in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they're like Madripoor is a big mutant thing, and you know, like and everybody, and they're like Professor Xavier's in 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 Doctor Strange, Mom, like there's a mutant thing, and and it never pans out the way everybody has all the wild conjecture and everything, and then the one time you're not expecting it. The one time you're like, oh, it's well, she's an inhuman in the comics. We'll probably get an inhuman thing. Blah. And the moment he says the word mutation, and you're like, what? And but I, but I like that the fact that they kind of subverted that expectation slightly. And, and we mutants, still make 
It's mutants we, and Mephisto. Those are the two things that they're trolling <laughs> with us for uh, for for years. But do you know what's interesting? And I did not realize this, though it totally tracks with the time period. For those of you who don't read comics, and you know you should, but you know I don't read them as much. Whatever. Uh, the Inhumans were sort of shoehorned into a lot of storylines in the what is that in early 2010s? I guess is that about right? I feel like. Uh yeah, and it was basically later. We, we all thought this, but it was basically later revealed and, and confirmed that part of the reason was the Inhumans were sort of a nice stand-in for the X-Men universe, and the X-Books, or the X-Books, sorry, the X-Men uh, film rights were owned by Fox. And so at that time, Marvel could not use Fox properties because they didn't own Fox at that time. And so Inhumans sort of took on this prominence that was, you know, organic and story-driven and all that. But a lot of um, storylines that were planned prior to that were actually mutant storylines. And Kamala Khan was originally meant to be a mutant, not an inhuman. Yeah. So the fact that they have now sort of corrected that in the MCU, at least, is delightful. And again, I did not realize that because you would never have known that just reading the book. The book was very much right after Terra Genesis and Black or uh, uh not Blackpool, Blackjaw shows up and, and it just felt like, yeah, okay, sure. But really, it was originally uh, a mutant story. So I, I'm really kind of now tickled by the fact that they, they did that. And I also totally missed the sting. Normally, I catch those. I don't, totally caught the one in Doctor <laughs> Strange. But, you know, I thought I heard something and, you know, I probably did have the volume a little low. This show, more than others, was low at a lot of times and then high at a lot of times. So I I had a hard time riding the game on on this uh, series sometimes, but uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. It was so exciting, and I'm glad that they've made Kamala Khan a mutant. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things. And then they've uh, as of this recording, um, they're they're currently doing a lot of stuff at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, they they did a lot of uh, release stuff uh, yesterday. Uh, yesterday was Friday. Um, the 22nd they did a lot of release information for um um marvel animation uh however they did uh, there were some small press release stuff i want to say before the finale of uh miss marvel and uh one of the rumor mill things is that she could potentially encounter in human the inhumans could be reintroduced in uh in the uh the marvel's movie um, so we shall see, but that would be interesting if Kamala is like one of the, is one of the characters that actually has first contact with the Inhumans it's in some way, shape or form. Um, since if, if it's, if it's a movie involving Captain Marvel, I'm, I'm very interested to see if they introduce the, uh, kind of revisit the Kree and, uh, cause I know we're definitely going to be revisiting the scrolls in the secret invasion, uh, mini series, uh so but like yeah there's been a lot of chatter around reintroducing the inhumans in the mcu around the same time they're gonna possibly be introducing mutants um well the inhumans could be who she sees when she puts on the bangle and gets does that thing and sees all the shapes with the eyes oh yeah um but that's but yeah so i'm i'm very but no it was it was a very it was a very wonderful surprise and subverted a lot of expectations where where everybody was just crying mutants and mephisto and it was it, and um and i remember i had heard something of what brian said where where he's like she was supposed to be a mutant but they were in the middle of kind of like 
pushing the mutants out of the comics to sell more comics and, and all that. And uh, so it'll be, like I said, it's, it's going to be super interesting, especially since the rumor is that also one of the villains for the Marvels is potentially supposed to be rogue. So we shall Which see. I feel is like, th- that's a weird point. Like I know that I obviously, I know because I'm a, a huge rogue fan. I know that there's history with Carol Danvers, but you've completely changed the trajectory of her entire like career. Like she's starting out as Captain Marvel. She's not starting out as Ms. Marvel. We don't have this whole thing where she gets her powers drained and then becomes uh, binary and then back to Ms. Marvel. And then finally to Captain Marvel. I don't know if I really like, I feel like you're just pandering for that storyline. And don't get me wrong. If we bring Rogue in, I'm going to love it because I fucking love Rogue. But I don't know if that's something that I... I, I don't know how it would work. Like, I don't know how it would feel I mean, she at, just was, at this point. They'll just... Carol Danvers was just never Miss Marvel. There's only one... There was only one Captain Marvel and one Miss Marvel now. They, they're going to... That whole section of, of Carol being Captain Marvel. And they've gone on record in saying that binary is more about her ability she, like she goes binary um yeah as opposed they did to it in the in the movie yeah for yeah. sure so they're yeah but so they're not Ca- Ca- carol's always going to be captain marvel so they're not they're probably not going to make her revisit or redo anything as far as her identity goes um, the only way that i would the only way that i think it could work and like say and honor the the storyline i get what you're saying bj 100 percent. my thing with it is the reason that the rogue Carol Danvers confrontation shaped and put them both on a, a certain path in the comics that led them to where they got to eventually, because Carol lived in rogue's head for many years and drove her insane and eventually helped her reform and become a better person. You know, that's when she went and sought help from uh, Xavier the thing that I think could work is potentially in a flashback, have them like, have it be somebody from Carol's past that now, like, you know, don't have the first interaction be something that's happening now. Have it be something from the past that maybe she didn't remember, or like the, the memories are, are a bit more jumbled where you can have that interaction, that altercation, and then have it come back around where, you know, it's been years since that, that altercation and, and the whatever. Like, play on back you know, flashbacks and storyline that we're not seeing happen and then have her, like, be a part of the, the current story. I just don't... I, I don't think shoehorning her in now... If like that's their first interaction, it just doesn't feel like you could have a whole different storyline. But we'll see. Again, if we get Rogue, I will be super happy. If it's not Anna Paquin, I will be even happier <laughs> because that is the my least favorite version of Rogue is uh, the the first three movies from two thousand to whatever two thousand and three two thousand five when the 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 Last Stand came out. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, was it 08? I don't even remember. I try to block out those the, the second and third movie. Actually, no, just the third movie. The second one was really good. X2, X-Men United was good. Still a bad rogue, but a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Um, and then the last thing on the highlights that I want to mention, 
I loved how uh, female empowered this show was. Not even just from Kamala Khan's standpoint. I mean, you get lines like, you know, it's not the brown girl from New Jersey that saves the world, which I, I think is actually pulled right from uh, the comics themselves. But Nakia, like Nakia's storyline and wanting to become um, a member of the mosque board. Yeah. And the fact that that's not something that, that traditionally is. A, a, a female held position. Yes. The fact that they were pushing this so hard when they did that, um, uh, the Eid festival and they were like separating and going like <laughs> you get the Illumi- the Illuminantes was my favorite of the, like the sections, but <laughs> even just, was it, did Nakia go and talk to Kamala's dad? It, it was Kamala's dad. And yeah. the thing is, he was going to vote for his best friend, but Nakia came in guns of blazing she was like you know we're we're kind of family and and i'm i feel like i'm your daughter too so would you vote against your own daughter your own family like she came in with a knife but, and i'm like but even that though that that wasn't even the part that got him it was the fact that she pushed she was like would you want to crush a young girl's dreams yes that was the point because it's because he knows he wants his daughter to follow her dreams because we kind of touched on it before. Um, Spanish families in this instance are a lot of share a lot of similarities when it comes down to like the family dynamics you want or, or even um, uh, Asian families. I know this is kind of a, a, a thing that I've seen from other creators that have shared their stories, uh, but following a creative path, is usually looked down upon because there isn't stability. There's not financial security. And the parents want you to get your head out of the clouds and find a, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a stable job or, or something that's going to be able to support you. And that's a lot of what the, the tension is between Kamala and her mom, because Kamala is very artistic and creative and making her, her videos and doing all of this stuff. And she wants her to be secure in her life. So, Yusuf, uh, Kamala's dad, is the same way. He wants his daughter, and and by extension, uh, Nakia, his his surrogate daughter, in essence, to be able to follow their dreams. And if that's something that they want to do, and when Nakia hit him with that, mm-hmm. that was the moment you literally <laughs> saw it on his face. Go well, you know what? I, she just literally said the right thing to me. So I love it. Yeah. Nakia as a character. Phenomenal. I did not realize that in the comics, um, she actually ends up starting a relationship with, uh, is it Zoe, the TikToker? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that was, so, so like they kind of even set that up a little bit when they were in the gym talking to each other. Like there was a little bit of that, that, that building. And I was like, this is cute. This is cute. Um, but yeah, overall, I, I, I think a lot of great highlight points, uh, that that we all went over. So on the flip side, let's do a little. We'll do a little round robin. We had a lot of great things. Who's got some uh, maybe things that they wish were a little bit better or done a little bit different in this show? So for me, 
it was honestly for me it's uh it, it pacing's always a challenge with with marvel shows and movies and pacing's always a challenge for anything i personally i while i loved the whole i loved the flash the the flashback about her great grandmother about aisha and her her great grandmother and great grandfather getting together beautiful absolutely romantic i laid there and cried like an idiot for about a good 10 minutes um the time traveling thing was excessive i felt like that could have uh, that could have done better with like her literally just using the bangle to mentally connect with her with her great grandmother in a way um i i don't feel like she needed to physically go back in time for that because uh, I, I, but like that, that half that episode was mostly just the flashback of of Aisha, and I loved mm-hmm. it. Like that was great. And then I was, and I was expecting her to like pop in at some point, but like I didn't expect her to literally pop in, then pop out, like all of a sudden. I think it would have just been fine if she had literally when uh, when what's her name hit the uh, hit the bangle that it caused her to just link with her great grandmother for like a quick second. And then she created the stars like that. There, there was there was a quicker, cleaner way of doing that. But the emotional impact was perfect. Like I, I wouldn't want to do anything to remove the emotional impact. But as far as as I go, that pacing that that disrupted the pacing a little bit for about an episode and like a quarter of an episode for me. Um, so like that, like and I'm sure it could have been cleaner in other episodes as well. But that that was the only thing that really stood out for me as far as pacing goes. I think and that was really- my only thing. Related to pacing, I think they did suffer some production issues uh, as far as COVID because, you know, who did not? Ah. And I know from just some of the reading I did, uh, they wanted to do a little bit more with the Red Dagger storyline and the uh, clandestine storyline. Yep. And overall, I think some of the, the weaker moments were sort of the fact that it had a lot they threw at it. And though the through line is very much true and consistent with kamala's journey so you know that that all tracked very well you know it was almost more about her family um journey than the the external threats you know as kind of a big bad but you know damage control being there yeah fine it sort of works and it does build off the anti uh superpower sort of uh sentiment like like bj said earlier but i i think they could have in a better world where more um less COVID, more resources, uh, whatever. They could have told a more consistent story, just filling in the gaps. But honestly, whether it was because of production limitations or, or just a writer's choice, the fact that they made it about Kamala's family and her journey, you know, a lot of people surprisingly don't like superhero stories or comic book stories. And I have seen this particular and others uh, somewhat as well, uh, the story being more relevant and more interesting for people who don't like superhero movies and and shows because it's less about the theatrics of the superhero genre and more about the family and and relationship and sort of real world grounded uh, storytelling. And and that's something that Marvel has always strived for, even in their comics. You know, you you tell people this, they kind of laugh because you're like, are you kidding me? Uh, But honestly, Marvel has always tried to infuse real stakes and real world dynamics locations characters all of it in their storytelling within the superhero genre so i i think that it's sort of a a a mix of that Uh, i did also do a quick check just so i know our fans are interested 
they did not film in Karachi, at least not with the actors. All of the stuff was filmed, or most of it was filmed in Atlanta, of course. Uh, they had some shots in Jersey City and some, a couple, like B-roll, really talking like B-roll may have been like a little bit of Karachi. But I guess because Pakistan, relation-wise, it's not the best fit right now uh, politically with everything. So I think they uh, they chose to not uh, not go to Karachi for that. So they, they used Thailand, which is interesting. And I guess because of the South Asian heavy Muslim um, presence in that in that region, it, 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 it all kind of worked. Uh, so yeah, but uh, overall, I think that's my biggest issue with the with the with the with the story or with the the series really was just some of the missed opportunities and not really building it more organically to fit everything together. Uh, but again, I think overall it 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 did what it needed to do. It was so entertaining. Um, for me, again, the as you've said, the pacing was all over the place. It in the course of six episodes there were basically two different shows here and the show i wanted to see was just her being a girl that got powers and has to navigate her local going to school figuring out her powers um and how that interacts with her family dynamic and home and I didn't need all of the extra going to Karashi, going to uh, having the clandestine or the red daggers. I feel like it wasn't totally needed. Um, and you have, there could have been storylines where the wedding is the last episode. You can have the grandmother and the cousin, if you even want the cousins. I don't think the cousins added very much to Kamala's journey, um, other than just getting her out of the house and into the city um, to then conveniently run into the Red Dagger. Um, you have the grandma come to Jersey City for the wedding, and then her she can have a moment with Kamala where they're talking about the partition and what her father told her of her father's romance with, uh, what's the great grandmother's name? Aisha. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Aisha. Yeah. And that can be how you get the flashback of that story. Um, I think the partition stuff is very impactful. Uh, I don't think it, the way they told it was necessarily um, for pacing and story wise. I'm not saying that we shouldn't learn about it because we definitely should. It's a very important piece of history. Um, but I think there was just in the writer's room, there was a lot of yes anding when there should have been a little more editing happening. Um, damage control, I think was still a good overall villain quote unquote because i don't think they're necessarily villainous in that intent um but with with that reveal at the very end with the word mutant you kind of take away all of the nor and all that you basically said oh she's a mutant and going forward 
other mutants that they bring in aren't going to have this whole, oh, I'm half other thing from another dimension. So how does that explain their powers? You know, it's it seems like they wanted to add everything Ms. Marvel from the entire comics that they've had so far into this six episode show. And it just felt too full for me. No, I think you're right, Eric. I think they tried to really give the coverage they felt the material deserved um, without having the, 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 the real estate, so to speak, to, to really unpack it and get, get it done right. And that's kind of what I was saying. And I think what BJ was saying, it's pacing and also just story crafting. Again, it sounds like some of these uh, production issues were mid production or early to mid. So the writers probably came in, broke the story and did this thing that maybe fit it all together better. Mm-hmm. And then they got to the actual execution and they're like, Oh crap, we can't do that. And that happens, you know, even without COVID that happens all the time. So um, I would be hopeful that next, the uh, next series and movie uh, would allow for a little bit more breathing room, maybe for some of her super heroics and her, her storytelling, maybe probably not with Bruno and Naki and her, her true her crew you know in jersey uh until maybe the next series but um yeah they definitely they definitely had issues with with that whole uh, process i just to me as someone who is a comic book fan and loves this material but also is is really i think the the storytelling from a real world you know multicultural perspective that that most of it landed with the karachi pakistani family legacy to me, that was important. That was more important, honestly. And, and, um, and I'm not saying that wasn't important. I'm just saying you could, you didn't necessarily need to go to Karashi to include all of that family dynamic stuff. Yeah, it took him out. Like it took him away from her supporting cast for two yeah. out of six episodes. That's a third of yeah, the I show. Mean, it right? was a good bonding moment with her mom, but you could have had her mom and her grandmother have that conflict and then resolution just by having the grandma come to Jersey city for the wedding. No, I will stop you there just for one point, one point that I'll, I'll put out there. One of the biggest things that helped repair that relationship was the milk toffee boxes all around her mom's house. You laugh. Oh, but yeah. That was huge. Because like the the opening episode, that's what the uh, the stuff is sent over to them in, but it's a key point in their relationship because her uh, Kamala's mom says to her mom, or kind of yells at her like, "Why are there like why do you have all these boxes?" And it, it's this moment where she says, "You know, it's because you love them," and you know, like it's that it's that it's that start of that's that little crack in the dam of their relationship, the tension in their relationship that eventually breaks open when they kind of get into it. But that's a huge piece. And if you, if you bring the grandmother to Jersey, you don't have that. I I get you on everything else, but it's a very small detail that helps build that story between the mom and the grandma. Sure. But there's nothing to say that the writers couldn't have found another little thing. I mean, the grandma could have always had milk toffee in her purse that she brings out anytime, just random times throughout her visit. I, yeah. I'm not saying, it's I'm a, not it's saying a pack readiness. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 
it's a very interesting interesting thing and it's not something that i i thought about at first but watching the uh the new rock stars breakdown of that episode that's something that gets pointed out and and the way that um eric voss kind of breaks down the way that it's used in the storytelling it's very interesting and i agree with you guys on on all this and it's a very it it's a weird way to try to compact all of the story into six episodes um but i i did appreciate that bit of breaking starting to break down their 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 conflict and finding a way to resolution using something like that because i mean a lot of you know a lot of times when you're getting older and your parents are are getting older they'll hoard things and it it can be that source of tension so to utilize something like that because then that became a through line for the resolution of the generational trauma of the women in the family because in karachi when um after kamala comes back she and her mom are sitting at the table and having the milk toffees and then it, it becomes this it eventually is a way for them to start healing and and breaking that cycle Um, I will say another thing, as much as I love the dad, the dad is fantastic and everything, and he's so loving and caring to Kamala. The whole scene of him and her at the end, when all of a sudden he pulls out, oh, you know, your name means this. When did you guys learn what your name meant? Weren't you very young? No. No, I I have I, mean, I have never given been given an explanation for my name ever in my life, other than my my grandmother named me. Yeah, that, I, mean, I, I learned. That's all I got. Very very young. Yeah, that's... <laughs> um, especially like church wise, I was given a card. Oh, Eric means this with a corresponding Bible verse. I was very oh. very young, and I can't imagine that they've never had any sort of conversation relating to that before it's a, it's a fair point and a little bit of a, a creative conceit i guess they could have said it as like a a flashback or they could have addressed it earlier in the series but it's 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 the writing way i think the the technique they're doing is a way to put a bow on that identity piece after she has sort of earned the identity and and, and they come fully fleshed out because so often the problem is superheroes sort of come out right out of the gate with their name and that's just not typically how creative efforts ever work. You, you I was going to say, come out with, Wanda didn't get hers for like, Jesus. Well, yeah. But that's <laughs> until, until the end of the first like three phases of, of everything. But like a temp project name is typically what sticks around for a long time until someone's like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. We really should be called this. You know what I mean? Like a band. I, I, so I don't know. I think that was a, a conceit that's, yeah, I, I don't, I see what you mean. And especially in that culture. I think more so even than the, the American system in here, you know, whatever our European roots, uh, out apart from the church, of course, like, like Eric had the experience of, uh, you don't get that family explanation of your name unless yeah, you're no. named after a dead relative, <laughs> in which case you're named after a dead relative. Yeah. And then that's all that really matters to the family, right? Because um, it just felt like, oh, it's a, oh, Kamala means this, but then went through the, th- th- the thesaurus. Oh, but it also means it could be translated to this, to this, to this, to this. Oh, and Marvel. <laughs> yeah. I think so when was... he said you're our little Ms. Marvel, I I mean, that, I that line in and it of wept. itself is super yeah. cute. But it, it just. I literally cried. 
I, I, I will not be ashamed to say it. I literally had a white boy tears. I was like, this is fucking adorable. I, I was I was welling up, but then the moment she looks at him and goes, Do you mean to tell me I share a name with Carol friggin' Danvers? And I was like, that is the that is that was the appropriate Kamala reaction to that of like Because mean- I mean you can you can still get to that line by something as easy as, Oh, they're in her bedroom and he goes, You really look up to this Captain Marvel, don't you? I mean, but I look up to you in a way. You're our little Miss Marvel, you know? I mean I'm just saying, turn around and do, there, there did, are options. There are. Did you turn around and go? I don't know who that is. Which she said I, I share a name with uh, Carol freaking Danvers. Then well, wasn't his response like gonna, I don't know who that is? Exactly. He's not going to necessarily know the real names of these heroes. You know. Um, <laughs> but again, I I I know that earlier. Brian, you said you were happy they kind of stepped away from the Scott Pilgrimness of the first two episodes, but I missed that throughout the thing. I I felt like it was starting off on kind of an interesting foot, and then all of a sudden, it, it just got it disappeared. Yeah, um, it did. You're right. It totally did, and I think that's a, a tonal choice. I think they realized that that a little goes a long way. That this is true in uh, Into the Spider Verse too. As much as it's a very like expressive and sort of part of that and it's animated so you can really get away with it in an animated space i think it's hard to sustain that level as much uh in a show um without distracting and i think that was what they were trying to that was the balance but the fact that it like was gone like the only thing you had after that was the credits i think that was probably they could have sprinkled it in judiciously more than they did because it was it was arresting that first episode I, I was like, wow, this is this is nothing like I've ever seen in a Marvel uh, project other than Spider-Verse. And, um, you know, again, comic wise, like back to like a Scott Pilgrim. So I I did like that. But I know other people were less uh, enthusiastic. <laughs> they had to shift their budget from uh, doing that to creating her powers on screen. So. Uh, yeah. They, they didn't have any more money for it. We didn't really even talk about that. Is that, is that a? I, I don't particularly think that's a detriment that they shifted her powers more. And I, we may have touched on. A lot of people have talked about this. Now that I've I, seen the show, it's definitely I'm 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 good with it. Uh, before the show, I was nervous about it, but just the way they did her storytelling and how she how she adjusted and how she came into her own identity, um, I, I'm I'm good. It didn't have to be completely polymorph powers um, now that I've seen the show. Well, and it differentiates her from like a Mr. Fantastic and or a, some other polymorph, sure. you know, type. I, character. Yeah. The, the only thing is, and, and certainly if they bring in the full X-Men, they aren't going to necessarily get to her, but it feels a little armory in a way. Is that yeah. her name? Armor. Um, yeah. yeah. Armor. Yeah. Especially when she went yeah. in Biggin, I was like, oh, that, she's basically armor right now. Uh-huh. Yeah, but armor with because armor can't, um, to my my memory, which is horrible, can't increase her mass like her shape. She can increase the armor shape and probably do some projection sort of stuff, but she can't like like Ms. Marvel actually made her fists big and had yeah. that armor too. So it's a, it's inter- it's a different thing. I you know again I I don't 
the the shape shifting uh, element isn't as important, at least uh, for what they told. So I didn't I didn't have an sure, issue and, with it at all. And even in the comics, you have characters that have overlapping powers. So no, that's true. Whatever. Well, like how many light projecting characters, uh, comic book characters, are there ever? And I mean, right now, in, in the, even in the MCU, I bet there's at least half a dozen or something. Uh, but yeah, her and Jubilee will have to have a a a, a, a light off, uh, a, whatever, off. or an Iceman. We'll mix Iceman in there. It'll be all kinds of weird shape projection. But yeah, oh, I think I mean I think we're all saying a lot of the same things. I think that the series did a lot of what it needed to. Were there problems? Yes, of course. Were was it infinitely better than other uh, attempts uh, in Marvel stuff? Yes, uh, but you know it, it's it's television. It, remember, even though they're very movie cinematic level, and the budgets are certainly pretty big on these projects. I think I haven't done the research to claim that definitively, but uh, they are also not network TV shows. They are streaming and you know again that can cut both ways so i think uh given all those constraints it looked great and it was just i just love i love that it exists yeah absolutely so real quick let's do a quick round of uh conjecture or things we want to see coming out of this going into the marbles and the rest of phase four bj what do you got all right so uh, with what's going on, it seems like a lot of people thought at the end of this that she turned into Carol Danvers. Um, no, it looks like they just switched places, um, which is far worse because Carol is literally all over the entire friggin' universe. Um, so I'm very excited for the Marvels because with Kamala and with um, Monica, you've got the perfect Monica is very bitter with Carol. And we'll get to know more of that. But Monica's very bitter about Carol and disillusioned with her. But then you've got Kamala, who thinks she's quite literally the best thing since sliced bread. So you're going to have this wonderful dynamic. But at the same time, um, you're going to have uh, you're going to have Kamala in space, Carol on Earth. Um, I, I believe Monica's supposed to be up in space as well. Um, so it's going to be a very interesting dynamic. I th- I would like to think. Um, cause I can't remember the, the actress who they casted as, as one of the antagonists of the movie, they haven't said what her role is. So I would like to think she's either playing rogue or mystique, but I don't think she's going to be a major threat until the end of the movie. So we'll get some development and then she'll either, she'll either attack or hurt, try to hurt Carol and end up hurting one of the two other Marvels instead which would be a nice setting off point for Captain Marvel to be somewhat anti-mutant. Um, and like we could potentially get an Avengers versus X-Men sort of conflict uh, later on down the line. Um, God, no. But, huh? Oh, God, no. <laughs> we don't need to revisit AVX. <laughs> as, as it is, we're getting AXE, and I'm just, uh, no, I'm done. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure... Most of the Marvel's movie is going to be Carol kind of navigating as somewhat as a leader because you never, she's literally never on Earth long enough to be a, really a part of anything. And and I think that's going to disillusion Kamala some, but I also think that Monica's going to get a very good look at what she's actually doing out there in space. So I'm very, this movie, this show made me super excited for the Marvel's. Um, and as for my flame ratings, it's definitely going to be a, a solid 4.5 out of 5 for the show. 
Nice. Brian, wild conjecture. Uh, I got nothing. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm, I'm kind of excited because I have no, no, no hot take uh, like projection on what they could do from here, other than something really interesting. Yes. Oh, actually, yeah. No, exactly. They're, they're going to involve Mephisto for sure. Um, whatever they're going to do, I'm just excited. I honestly, if I had to pick a Marvel, uh, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, I'm honestly more excited about Miss Marvel. Captain Marvel's great. I love her. I, I, did they tweak her costume a bit, or was that the same costume she had in a in a? Uh, no, it's different. I thought the gloves so. are different. Like, There's some coloring changes. Yeah, it's slightly different. It looked really good. I was like, that's tight. I like that. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to see the that little effect that they use when they're doing like this transport uh, that I had forgotten about. And I was like, Oh, uh, so yeah, I'm excited to see Kamala in space, but I am more excited to get her back to Jersey uh, city and, and, and really in her element as a superhero. I think that's going to be really cool. Eric, any wild conjecture from you? Not really. Um, I, I, um, I'm wondering if the head guy from Damage Control is a scroll. Mm. Um, but some of that is left over from kind of the end of WandaVision where the lady who from Damage Control who ends up talking to Monica um, is a scroll. Yeah. And basically going to take her up to see uh, Nick on the scroll ship. Um so, but as far as going into the movie, maybe while Captain Marvel's stuck on Earth, she pops in and does an interview on um, Scott Lang's podcast, which would be fantastic and a good callback yes. to the beginning of the series. Um, but other than that, no. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Kamala does uh, get some recording for her uh, YouTube show while she's in space. Oh, there you go. Little soft baby production in space. <laughs> my uh, my only things I want to see where the Kree stuff goes because obviously the blue arm with the bangle that Aisha found that has been the jumping off point. Let's see where that goes because that I'm sure it's going to tie into the Ten Rings. And um, two, I hope that she teleported to Atalan and um, Kamala is now hanging out with Lockjaw. That's my big conjecture right there. Well, thank you, gents, for chatting Ms. Marvel. Thank you all for listening. Please feel free to go check out our website at flameonshow.com and check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash flameonshow where you can join at any of the four levels. And we'll be back with our final recap, the recap of the finale, uh, next Friday. And then uh, another microsode coming to you in uh, two weeks. So until next time, peace. 